With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are now tuned in to Flipping the Birds, a Philly Sports Network podcast. Eagles fans, welcome one, welcome all to episode 15 of Flipping the Birds. I'm Brian Cameron. He is Chris Infante, and today we have a special guest from Bleeding Green Nation, the legend himself, Michael Kist. What's going on, man? <laughs> Ain't no dang legend, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm just a dude. I'm just the audio producer, a guy with the internet, all that stuff. But I appreciate the, uh, the intro, guys. I hope you're all, y'all are doing better than, than last night. Uh, you know, we, always have to, we always have to hype up our guests because, again, like you know, it's uh, it's like that high school high school thing. We got to try and hang out with cool, people cooler than us, and it just seem like we're cooler than we are. <laughs> well, my status has been elevated with the fine company of you, Jen. So I'm excited. There we go. Nothing but love. Speaking of love, <laughs> let's talk about some lost love last night. Yeah. Um. Usually we recap the games, but honestly. Um, it's nothing to recap. Yeah, it's Monday night. Everybody knows what happened. Eagles got blown out of AT&T Stadium. They didn't even show up, honestly. Um, and a lot of turmoil after the game. Lane Johnson making the comments of how things got to be a little bit more stricter with practices. Um, then Malcolm saying he doesn't know what Lane's talking about. Brandon saying Lane's not thinking what he's talking about. Aguilar saying that he could have um, had the, he could have caught the ball because he had all that field. Wentz saying that he should he thought he had a touchdown. Am I missing anything? <laughs> no, I, th- I think that's that's pretty much it. You're looking at a a, a very uh, what's the opposite for cohesive is uncohesive a word because that's that's kind of what we're dealing with right now and broken. You know, yeah, broken. Yeah, no, they're they're abs- they're a fractured team right now, and leadership is going to have to make up for that. Luckily, Doug Peterson has shown in the past that he can turn things around after big time losses like this. We remember the Saints loss last year is catastrophic, you know, basically, you know, mathematically nearly eliminated the Eagles from the playoffs. And I know one wants to hear that rah, rah, cheer stuff right now, but there is hope in that regard. It still has mm-hmm. to get turned around and it still does look very bad right now. And to the point that the leadership let it get to this point and, and, it, and it works on all three levels from from the organizational level to to the the, the coaches to the players. I mean, when is this? It's not a Super Bowl hangover, but I feel like they're still drunk off of the Super Bowl because this team has not been the same since. And I don't think it's a Carson Wentz, Nick Foles thing. Mm-mm. I think it's a complacency, complacency thing. I think it's a hubris thing. I think it's an ego thing. And right now this team is just not together. They're not working like a unit. People are leaking stuff out to the press. You know, guys are contradicting themselves openly to the press. A lot of guys are talking, but they're not saying nothing. They're not saying nothing that's important. They're not saying anything that we want to hear as people that cover the team or even as fans 
of the team. There is zero positive message coming out of all this. So Doug Peterson needs to take the reins and do something. Now, whether that's firing somebody, moving on from some players, like Orlando Scandrick's not like a like like a thing. That that doesn't matter. That's what we're that's just that doesn't count. The best corner. Like, dude comes in three weeks into the season, four weeks into the season, gets a strip sack and a return for a touchdown, and then the next week he doesn't even play. And then yesterday he gets his ankles torn apart. Yeah. Um, and now he's gone. <laughs> how, how how poorly has that Jets game aged from 10 sacks and, oh. you know, all these these returns for touchdowns and everything like that? I mean, that just shows you how bad Luke Falk was, really, because yeah. coming into that game. I, and I had this from Football Outsiders. Football Outsiders does their DVOA and it, you know, rates yeah. efficiency and all this stuff. The Eagles had the biggest week four to week five jump in DVOA history for their defense. They went from 22nd to 6th for no good reason. And part of, I mean, part of the reason is because they don't opponent the Jets early on in the season, and the Jets really don't count as much of an opponent. But I mean, that was that was spurious. That was fool's gold. That was nothing. This defense is is burnt toast, just personified. It's it's ridiculous. So it's not just not being a cohesive unit, not not seeming together as a locker room and and as a team, and buying into the same message, which they aren't doing right now. And that's that's on Doug. But you also get it down to the the even more granular level of the scheme that they're using on offense. They're, they're bad at starting games off. They're bad at stopping play action and deep passes and, and all this other stuff. They're, they're just bad overall. And yeah. it comes down to the coaching bottom line, how we, how we can get all these players, how we can get LJ Fort, guarantee him some nice little money, have him come in and play. Schwartz didn't want to use him. Linebacker coach didn't want to use him. He goes to Baltimore. He's an instant contributor. He's making splash plays all over the screen yesterday. So, so, so where, where's the, the disconnect there? That's not on Howie. Howie brought in a decent player that could play. Love this film. And then the coaching staff couldn't do anything with him. And then we get terrible, terrible, terrible linebacker play after we cut him, after we cut Zach Brown for shooting his mouth off. We all we got all this bad play across the board. It's the coaching. It's it's it has to start there. This is a talented team that everyone thought was a top three talented team in the NFL. Any respected media person that really looked at the Eagles would have said this is a deep team. They don't look so deep right now because nobody is playing at the top of their game. And every game we get one guy that's having the worst game of his life. It's it's just it's bad all around. And the coaches aren't doing anything to make these players better or put them in a position to win. And I think you just you just uh, answered a question that I was going to pose to you. Uh, he, he just took the whole Eagles roster yeah. and just split it up. And just, and just crumpled them up and then they just, you know, <laughs> chewed them up and spit them out. Um, so my question, like like today I tweeted out, you know, it's, it's, it's one of two things. It's not both. It's either Doug has trust in his coaches and he needs to find players to fit the scheme or he trusts his players and he needs to find coaches to fit to have a scheme to fit these players. Mm. And it's not it's not both. You can't have because obviously both is not working. Yeah. It, obviously these players don't fit Schwartz's scheme or Schwartz's scene sucks. And I think yeah. it's that. Because you know, it, it, again like yesterday watching the game, I, they were down however many touchdowns and the Cowboys were in a th- third and 30 and I see the DBs lined up three yards off of the st- off of sticks. Uh, are you kidding me? They're about to catch a slant and and burn all these these corners and run for a forty yard gain on third and thirty. It didn't happen, which is like the probably the first third like first sticks defense that I've ever worked in Schwartz history. But 
Like, like what are you doing? Yeah. It's you. We have Rasul Douglas, who no matter how many yards of cushion you give, the, you give a receiver, they're still he's still going to burn him. You know, with no safe, single high safety over over Rasul Douglas. Um, Did you see that Rasul um, Douglas stat? He was targeted, I think, um, forty three times, and when he's targeted, the QBs have a passing rating of I think it's like a hundred and hundred and twenty something. It's probably two hundred. They probably, probably two hundred now. <laughs> they probably broke the passer rating. <laughs> how much is that? How much of that is on Rasul though? Because this happens to all of the corners, and and you exactly. bring up a great point because there there's a serious disconnect between the organization to the coaches to the players. And I'm not just talking about like motivational stuff and buying into a message. I'm talking about from a scheme perspective and using these players in a way that puts them in a position to succeed. Russell Douglas is not an off corner. Russell Douglas has tight hips. He is a long corner. He is a press corner. He is a physical dude. I have zero question that he is not going to stick with a guy like Terry McLaurin or Amari Cooper. If he's in off coverage, that is asking him to do something that he just not just doesn't do as a player. So the scheme doesn't fit the player unless you let the guy get up there and get connected early. He can stay in the hip pocket. If he can slow the speed guy down in their release and get connected, okay, now we're cooking with oil. Not only that, you throw off the timing of the route and the pass rush can get home. Jim Sports keeps complaining about the pass rush, doesn't have time to get home because the coverage is so bad. You're putting these guys in these positions. You're telling them. Back up. This is where I want to align. You're putting them in an impossible spot. So it's hard for me to blame Rasul, Sidney, Ronald Darby, who was worse than he was in Buffalo. Jalen Mills hasn't hasn't progressed and he had the injury, but he got worse last year. This is this is a disconnect between Corey Unlin, the defensive backs coach, who I don't even know if I can blame him, but he hasn't developed doggone corner, mm-hmm. hasn't made his safety better since they've been here. So they haven't gotten better, but is it on the scheme? Because the scheme seems impossible. The problem there, there's bust happening in all at all different levels for different reasons. Jim Schwartz's defense, from a philosophical perspective, nobody jams the box up with defenders more than Jim Schwartz. There is there is zero connection between the second and third level of their defense. Even the first guys aren't getting out to the flats to help these corners that are bailing. They're not getting out there for support. When was the last time you saw a flat defender make a play on a ball? On a throw to the outside. I can't think of one, especially on play action. Those guys are biting hard. We're getting ripped apart by play action. They have allowed a 127 quarterback rating against play action this year because they're so committed to the run. Patrick Mahomes has a 115 quarterback rating. The combined quarterbacks against us are 12 points higher than Patrick Mahomes, who is the best at play action in the league right now. This scheme is so dedicated to stopping the run and leaving your cornerbacks on an island. The guys just can't do it. Surprise, because we don't have elite talent out there. So what are you going to do? Mortgage your entire future for Jalen Ramsey? I don't think that's I don't think that's financially responsible when you when you're paying a quarterback and all these other guys. So what are you going to do? Change the coach. It's time. It's 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 just time for me. And what's crazy is if they fire Schwartz and they promote Undlin. <laughs> that pace is going to riot because no one likes Sunland right now because he hasn't developed anybody. You know? I, I, yeah, I don't think like the I've been and I, I, I will admit I've been on the Unland train. It's a, it may not be a train. <laughs> it may not be a train right now. It might be a speedboat in it's, a, it's a one size. In a, <laughs> it, it's a, it's a speedboat in a marsh right now. Just yeah. just the, my propellers again tangled up in the uh, in the seaweed right now in the marsh. <laughs> But you know, my my argument is, 
Undlin, we we saw what he could do in Denver. Yeah, uh, he had he had Harris. He he developed Raheem Moore. He had it at Super Bowl winning defense, and maybe there's a disconnect between Unlin and what what Unlin wants to do and what right. Schwartz wants to do. Right, and the you know what doesn't match the scheme, which is part of my question too. I agree. Yeah, right. You know, and if Unlin gets promoted to defensive coordinator, maybe he can finally. Take the take the leashes off of these corners and let them get up in the faces of these of these receivers and let them beat them up and and do what he did in Denver. Yeah. Because when those corners did what they did in Denver, Von Miller could get home, Demarcus Ware can get home, mm-hmm. you know, and and um, these that def- every facet every facet of that defense was able to get home with ease because they had corners to disrupt the timing of. The receivers and mm. Schwartz is just there, like here. Let's let's have the receivers get a couple of seconds of release because by the time they get to our corners, our, our defenders is going to get home. It's, that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, there, the the cushion between the, the the DBs and the receivers, they're given two and a half seconds to, to three seconds. The quarterbacks release the ball already. Yep. It's it's ridiculous. So like myself and uh, Gino Gino Camilleri yesterday on Twitter, going back and forth on this, pa- on you know being sarcastic on this pass rush, you know like oh it's the pass rush, it's the pass rush. That's because that's what everybody's complaining about when it's not the problem. Mm. You know, Derek yeah. Barnett is getting in their faces. Uh, Brandon Graham's getting in their face. Cox is getting in their face, but they're not getting <laughs> home because the, the the quarterback's releasing them two two to two and a half seconds. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You, I mean, you saw last year, there were seven straight games where a quarterback released the ball within 2.4 seconds or less. They know how to beat this defense. Teams know how to beat this defense. And, and, it, and it hasn't changed all this year. So I give Schwartz credit for tra- changing some things up late last year when they made the little, the little bit of a run. He hasn't changed anything this year, hasn't made any adjustments to give his corners help. It's ridiculous. It's just insane to me. And I, and I agree with your point that, that Unlin at Denver let guys get up in the face. And, you know, if you're going to get poor play – you might as well delay them just a little bit, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So I think where Chris is going with this is um, we had a, a, a mini debate amongst of, um, our colleagues at PSN, and there's two words floating around right now that we want to get your opinion on. Mm. Retool or rebuild? Um, I think me and Chris are on the side of retool where this team is obviously not so much fixable by the trade deadline, but, you know, little moves here and there could definitely boost this team up as well as letting go of certain people while some others are, are are kind of leaning on the whole rebuild thing and kind of start over since Wentz is young. What's your take on that? Yeah, I don't think that the Eagles are an organization as much as it's easy to blame Howie right now and as much as uh, people want to say that he's bad at drafting and bad at you know bringing in guys, whatever the case may be. Either way, I don't think Howie's a guy that's going to take his long-term plans, and his plans are pretty clearly laid out up until, what, about 2021? When then you have to start to worry about serious cap considerations and guys getting you know older and we're already kind of an old team already. I don't, I don't think he's a guy to go three and four and then all of a sudden throw those long-term plans out the window. So I cannot see them tearing it down. Um, as far as a rebuild, maybe that starts to happen more where you're shipping coaches out, positional coaches and things like that. They have a lot of first-year coaches. It's it's weird. They promote from within. I think it was a mistake. There was brain strain happening with guys leaving anyway. I think it's more of a retooling. Absolutely. They're one game behind in this division. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Uh, it, it, you know, they win in Buffalo. They're they're at 500. They have a bye week. 
and then you can sort of figure things out. And I think if there's a coaching move that happens, then I think it happens during the bye week. And maybe that's when a trade happens, not when we're recording, hopefully. So, <laughs> well, the bye week doesn't come until November 2nd. We got Buffalo and Chicago. We Is it Buffalo games. and Chicago first? Yeah, yeah, we have Buffalo and Chicago first. So it's Buffalo, then trade deadline, then Chicago. That's the trade deadline. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, so yeah, instead of the bye, put the trade deadline in there. But again, I don't, I don't think this is a team that is going to, after Buffalo, go into the trade deadline and say, this is, you know, we're tearing all of this down, especially if they beat Buffalo. There's, yeah. there's zero reason to do it then, for sure. But like I said, victory, yeah, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think they tear everything down right now. I, that's, that, that would be silly. That would be, I mean, what are we, the Cleveland Browns? What are we talking about now? <laughs> I could say it ain't that, as bad as things seem, it ain't that bad. And I get not fulfilling expectations and all that. This is this is still a pretty talented team. Coaches got to get their act together, in my opinion. Absolutely, you know we have it's it's week seven. You know mm-hmm. last year Dallas got Amari Cooper. They were three and week, five. Week, uh, they were three and five after eight weeks, and then they went seven and one. Right. You know it's it, that's what a player can bring to this team. You know, and, and people want to say it's not a one per it's not a one position that they can they can fix that's going to um you know bring in that's going to fix the whole team but when you when you say that you look at the bears game we're going to get leblanc back and probably maddox at that point too you know everybody's saying darby's close i mean he was active yesterday but obviously didn't play so i still don't get why they didn't use him yesterday he i I saw that before the game he he was he was emergency only like if Mm, corners got if corners got hurt then he would have won the game but, kind of like David Johnson in fantasy. Oh, just fucking, uh, you know, fucking all these, all these experts. Thank God, thank God, my opponent Derek, who is also a Cowboys fan, who works for PSN. Yeah. Fuck you, Derek. You know. <laughs> Damn. You know. Thank God he had Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And he got seven points out of Mahomes before he got hurt. But. It, and I, I, think, I think the point is, what, what, what is the message that you're sending to the team if you do it within this week? What are you telling all the other guys? We gave up on the season? Right. Do you yeah. think things are going to get better in that locker room with that message going around? Right. No, no way. You're at, you're at the point of no return at that point. Right. You know, and the Cowboys, they have five games in November. Mm. They play. They play on Thanksgiving, so they have the Giants. After, they have a bye next week. Then they have the Giants, Vikings, Lions, Patriots, Bills. Mm. If they come out of that somehow two and three, then you're looking at a team that's six and five. Yeah. Going and then if if and we have the Bills. The, if we beat the Bills next week in November, they have the Bears, the Patriots. The Seahawks. So you some you you somehow come out of there two and one. You're looking at, or I think the, I think I have the Cowboys seven and five. Sorry, seven and five, and then the Eagles would be six and five going into December, where they have Miami, and then mm. four divisional games mm-hmm. in December. And the Cowboys mm-hmm. have the Rams. They have the they have us again. They have the Bears, and they have the Redskins at the end of the season. So it's still anybody's division if you're if you're not the, the Giants or the Redskins. So really by anybody, I mean it's either Cowboys or Eagles division. Yeah, it's still but, working grass for the birds. So, you know, everybody wants to say, you know, the season's over, season's over, season's over. Well one game back, 
You're one and one in the division, two and one in the division. Sorry, no, one and one um, in the division, and everybody wants to jump off the boat. Yeah. Right but we have Maddox coming back. We have LeBlanc coming back. If you want, if you want to do nothing to the secondary, you have all that coming back. You have Jernigan coming back. Cox is going to hopefully, you know, going to stay getting healthier. Ridgeway's yeah. gonna, and maybe maybe Anthony Rush does something. Cause, you know, because they love those practice squad players. <laughs> I know Liam loves him. Oh, Liam! Yeah. Liam loves him. Um, I, I'm, 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 we've been banging the drum for a linebacker core of Alex Singleton and TJ Edwards for so long. Even though that would be detrimental to my twin, that moves your hill. Yeah. I think that would be more detrimental to, to Gary because Gary. I mean, even though he led the team in tackles yesterday, good. good. He, just, he just doesn't fit the mold of, of what needs to happen back there. Yeah. If it's detrimental to him, good. Yeah, you know, to, like get someone else in there. Relax, Kamu. <laughs> he, he was he was the MVP of the season a few weeks ago when he had an interception in the end zone. That was it. Like it was that was, that, that was his contribution to the team so far this year. But like if if you're but who knows what's going to happen with Deshaun? Like who knows if he's going to get surgery or not get surgery? Who knows? But like what? So when you're looking at addition to this team, I think if you're if you're so set, if everybody's so set on doing nothing to the defense because they've got so many guys coming back on defense, then get a speed receiver. Mm-hmm. Call up the Jets. Call up Joe Douglas. Yeah. Get Robbie Anderson there over you go. here. <laughs> call it's probably going to cost TJ Edwards at least. No, no. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Call up Miami. Get Devontae Parker over here. If you're going to talk to Denver, if you want to stay old, so get Emmanuel Sanders. Get someone that can burn the shoes off of the, a DB so this whole anonymous source can be right and they can open up the short game because no, no, there's, the short game is not open right now because they know you, they, you can't throw deep because no one's going to get deep. Mm-hmm. And if, yep. they're gonna get, if they are going to get deep, Aguilar is just going to have Aguilator. Aguilar. Aguilator hands? Aguilator hands. Aguilator arms. I like that. Aguilator arms. And just be like, oh, it's too far. Oh, sorry. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah. No, but I agree. If they don't do anything on defense, definitely give a call to Robbie Anderson. They liked him last year. They liked him more than Tate, according to reports. I like him a lot. Everyone is saying, why would they trade Robbie Anderson? They haven't signed Robbie Anderson to a contract. His contract expires this year. And if the Eagles want to do a deal where they ship off a third, just like they did for Tate last year, and then Robbie Anderson hits the market, there are plenty of teams that want to overpay for a decent wide receiver that's especially a speed threat like he is. So you're going to do the old you know, third-round pick, compensatory pick swap again. I'm totally fine with that as a rental if it adds some life to this mm-hmm. offense and delays us having to get some real answers there. Uh, so, yeah, I'm big time for that. And, and to your other point, you know, how, how mad were we of uh, the Titans game? The Carolina Panthers game were up, you know, 17 nothing. Oh. I mentioned the Saints game already. Season was absolutely dead in the water, done. Week 14, Dallas Cowboys lost in overtime, done. They found a way to get back. It's week mm-hmm. seven. And, and, I, and I'm more pissed off than I thought I would be at this point in the season, but it's deserved because this team was supposed to be what, 12 and 4, 13 and 3. Yeah. And they smelled their own shit, didn't work out for them. Well, maybe they get their heads right and they go on a run. 12 and 4 is still possible. 12, right? I mean, who, who <laughs> freaking, no, who's our, who are we to say? Mm-hmm. The division is wide open, too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm pissed. 
but I know it's early and then and the season is quite long and I know we have a really good quarterback too and that'll keep us in a lot of games and, and you know has kept us in a lot of games where other players and the entire defense has played poorly so you know right spot can we settle this whole Wentz thing because if I see one more Wentz or Foles like debate every time <laughs> the Eagles lose I'm gonna lose more hair than I already lost <laughs> Is Nick Falls going to get a starting job back from Gardner Minshew, UDFA? I don't think that's happening. <laughs> I, don't I, think mean, I mean, porn star Minshew over there you know, with his porn stash. <laughs> I, I, I mean, obviously I haven't been lo- watching him or, or, or following him, but like just looking at – I only yeah. know this of of like trying to look at quarterbacks for next week because I got Lamar Jackson on – by next week yeah, so I'm looking yeah. at quarterbacks and, and fantasy and apparently he's been like 40% completion rate the last couple weeks so if he's I mean they're winning but he was under 50% last last week against the Bengals and that was that was the only stat that I saw but he also threw for 255 yards and a touchdown uh, in a big win in a multi-score win before that leading into that game I think he was at 64.9% going off memory here but I think he was right around 65% completion coming into that game guy played well and, you know, you're going to have some sputters as as a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. But if you see if the Jaguars see something there from him, and I think they definitely do, then I think it's hard to replace him. Maybe when Foles come back, you know, he doesn't necessarily get the job right back. Maybe it's on a shorter lease. But at the same time, I think, I think you know, they're, they're paying Foles, which is crazy how much they're paying him. But the whole when stack, once versus uh, Dak, the world, <laughs> Foles, Philly media, whoever you want to put him up, up against, Wentz isn't going anywhere. So who cares? Who gives mm-hmm. a fuck if you wanted Foles? That time is done. That's why it was so, it was so weird with the anonymous, uh, anonymous source. Fuck are you yeah. trying to do? Exactly. He's not going anywhere. That, that battle's done. Wentz it's, versus the Philly media, some of the Philly Twitter media pundits of, of the world. I'm not going to name any names, but you're itching a name. Just, name. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm itching at, at initials right now. Yeah. Um, but, but but I mean, like honestly, what the f- you're going to go first before he does. Mm-hmm. This is this is Howie. This is Doug. This is Wentz. If you think any of those motherfuckers have a short leash, you got another thing coming to you. Here. I absolutely agree. That's speaking the of point, I've been trying to make for weeks. Speaking, speaking <laughs> of Doug, speaking of Doug, and I made this point earlier. So some some troll on Twitter, and I and I, I've I've been learning how to stay away from the trolls. But this guy was irking me. He was like, you know, um, how are you going to call on the firing of Grow when Peterson's the one um, calling the plays? He doesn't have a guy like Reich that he trusts. Yeah. To have influence on the plays, Reich wasn't calling the plays, but he had influence on the plays. Mm-hmm. He was Rainbow, in Doug's he ear. Phenomenal. He was yeah. in Doug's ear saying, "We should do this, this or that." It's obvious that Peterson does not trust Grow, and and it and it shows in the play calling. Like D- Doug's play calling has been so questionable, and uh, and I'm being I'm being nice by saying questionable uh and and he but he doesn't have like reich would have been like no you don't do this shit yeah, i think it's more, it's more than just he, that he doesn't trust grow like frank Reich, looking at uh, like how he is with the Colts, the guy's all about discipline and direct grow looks like the, the goofy kid that wants to be part of your crew in the playground who's swinging in front of monkey bars to the swings and he falls on his face like a million times Reich is more that guy like no i got your back like this is how we're gonna handle it let's walk this way that it's feels, more that, like respect that, that aspect. That of sounds it. like that sounds like a personal issue you're trying to talk through right now. 
No, I was not that guy, okay? okay. I stood away from the monkey bars. <laughs> I was always too tall for them. I, I think there's a serious, and I, I used this word the other day on Bleeding Green Nation, the brain drain that's happening and the hubris of, of promoting from within. But we, know, we know what Frank Wright can do as a coordinator, as a head coach. We see it in Indianapolis. He's doing a masterful job. What has Mike Rowe done? Mike Rowe was fired. Well, number one, Mike Rowe was hired by his dad at Virginia, led a terrible offense. Mike Rowe was then fired by his dad. <laughs> Two red flags for me right there. Mm-hmm. The only person that has hired Mike Rowe as an offensive coordinator is his dad and Doug Peterson. He was a passing game coordinator for the Rams offense that ranked one of the worst in the league when Jeff Fisher was there. Maybe that's a Jeff Fisher thing. But what did I mean? Where are our examples of Mike Grow improving anything? And they just went with a with a with a voice that they could promote from within that isn't disseminating the info up to 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 Peterson that is allowing this offense to evolve the way it should. Doug has an idea of what he wants the offense to be. He needs somebody with a different type of voice, with different ideas. I don't think Grow has any of that of value that he's passing up. Because Grow's job is to go to the positional coaches, collect all of these ideas, have his own ideas, and say, Doug, okay, what about this for a third third down menu, right? What about what about this for fourth down? What about this for the red zone? Okay, Doug can't do everything. Doug can't work 168 hours in the week. He's got other things to handle as well. He's got to be head coach. He calls the plays. Absolutely, buck stops with him. He also promoted Grow. That's his fault too. He's got to make that right. Grow is not helping this offense grow. I didn't even make. Uh, I didn't even mean to do that. Uh, it's my kind of guess with the puns. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I think Mike Rowe, I think his his claim to fame to the Eagles was like kind of a Sean McVay, but not not even remotely close to that caliber. Was that he knew Alshon Jeffrey? Mm-hmm. So they were like, "Oh, come on in, you know, Alshon Jeffrey. It's, you know, he he you, he referred you to us. Uh, what else can you bring to the table? Uh, I was his position coach. Did you see him in Chicago? Oh, all right, come, come on in. And that was it. That's it. You know, the wide like, receiver coach. And and like all credit to him, Nelson Aguilar mm-hmm. got out of his funk that year. Maybe because it was a psychiatrist or whatever he was doing or who he was dating. I don't know. But he got it. He got his act together when Gro was a wide receiver coach. So there's that. Who else have they developed at wide receivers since he's been there? They've all regressed. None of them have developed. So that's part yeah, of the problem. Matt too. Collins looks lost 24 percent of the Matt time. Matt Collins at the line <laughs> of scrimmage, and I answered my own question yesterday in the game. Like I tweeted out, why does Matt Collins all at the line always wave his hands up in, in the air like like what the hell is going on? And everybody was like, well, you just answer your own question because he has yeah. no idea what's going on. Did you but, see Jair jack him up with that in the Green Bay game? Do you see yeah. the clip of that? Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's looking at, he's looking at Wentz, like what the heck's going on? And Jair's chirping in his ear, just being Jair Alexander, you know, he's, he's a chirp, he's a chirp motherfucker. And then just <laughs> jacks him up off the line. Like that dude has no clue what he's doing. So then, and then JJ, JJ can't see the field because he's trying to learn multiple positions. Matt Collins can't handle one. Mm-hmm. You, you want a rookie? I mean, this is third year being around the system. Matt Collins is, I know he was gone last year, but he's still studying stuff. He's still in meetings. 
J-Jaw can't see the field because they want him to be Alshon's backup, but they also want him to learn multiple positions. See, that's another thing. That's like that's what I, another thing I want to call bullshit on, on, on Doug. He says that it's going to be hard for J.J. to see the field while Alshon is healthy. Uh, healthy. Then why the hell did you draft him that high? Like, what, you draft him and then the, restructure the, the, Alshon. Exactly. <laughs> what, to be like the number one receiver in 2021? Right. So you're going to spend a <laughs> second-round pick on, on a guy instead of fixing this defense? Yeah, my thing is like, why is J. Jaw not seeing the field over Matt Collins? Like, if everybody in the world can see Matt Collins looking completely lost out there, why the hell is there no changes being made to progress the offense? Yeah. It's like everything has to like, has to do with regressing the offense. Let me, let me interrupt you for a minute because see, see, remember, <laughs> remember earlier when I said oh, we're man, like, I'm going to regret this, and I we're like we're like the high school kids who are trying to hang out with cooler kids to make us feel good. <laughs> you have never. In our in our podcasting career, fifteen episodes now, referred to JJ Ortega Whiteside as J Jaw. But as soon as Michael pissed, <laughs> because I didn't feel like saying J-Jaw. the whole name now, <laughs> you have to say J Jaw. See, this is like it's like my students at school. As soon as one kid starts doing something cool, you got they got to do it too. It's, so you're you're yeah. on your revenge tour because of what I did to you last week. Is that what it is? Follow. Is that what's going on right now? Me out against yeah, when we had talent on. He called me out on bullshit. I'm calling you out. <laughs> But the, the the crazy thing to me with J. Jaw, J. J. Arthur, Whiteside, J. J. Whatever you want to call him. See how right? long of a, 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 a name that is. It's crazy. <laughs> the whole sentence. I had to get. I used to call him Arthur Genesis, but it's Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to used to saying Arthur too. It's it's yeah. it's weird, but like they always talk about like guy makes a drop, they want to go back to him. Nelson Aguilar makes a drop, one of his many. They go right back to him. Mm-hmm. J. Jaw has been sitting on his drop in the Lions game for four fucking weeks now. That's the that's the thing he thinks about when he puts his head down on the pillow. It keeps him up at night. Goddard they fumbles. Have, Goddard fumbles, and they throw a touchdown to him a few plays later. Right after they do it with everybody else, because why? Because that's how you get a guy's confidence back, and you let him put it behind him, right? Mm-hmm. Jaws sitting in this shit. That's crazy to me. Even if he's not any good, I know a lot of people are down on him right now. That's fine. They can have that opinion. Wide receivers take longer to develop, and the Eagles aren't doing a good job of it right now. Give the guy a chance to get his head back in the game. Are you gonna Are you gonna ruin his confidence? That's it's 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 wild to me. Like that's just an, another drop in the bucket of players being mismanaged and and the scheme and and the, and, the, and how it comes back to the coaching for me. Absolutely. And then we got Miles Sanders not knowing what whoa, 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 whoa. No Sanders slander on flipping no, no, the birds. A, We've gone no, over this too many times already. Third and four. Third and four. Okay, I'll let you. I'll let you take this one little shot. And Dillard helps seal a a, a beautiful hole oh. for Sanders to go through, and he just tries to be shady again. Like I say every week, he tries to be shady <laughs> so much that. He, he saw the comparisons coming in. He's like, oh, I could be Shady 2.0 for the Eagles. Oh, let me try and do that. But, and then he tries to bounce it outside, and then he just gets slammed on third and four. I don't like the play call anyway, but, you know, it's it, – It works. It, it, it would have worked with Jordan Howard. Yep. Jordan Howard went right through, probably would have gained six, seven yards there. Yeah. And the drive would have been going. But, nope, they, they punt on third and four, and then Dallas just comes and scores again. You know what? Yeah. I'm blaming the coaches on that one. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they had the wrong person on the field. I blame the coaches for it too. There we go. Like, I didn't. I didn't like not passing, but I liked you know the, the the run call because of the look that they got. And you're telling me one on one with Jeff Heath coming across the formation, all you have to do is fall forward a little bit against Jeff Heath. 
if you make the right read, you're already pretty much at the marker by the time he makes makes contact with you. Put your arm out and stiff arm and whatever. There's 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 a few things that happen with Sanders on that play that's happened to him all season. Number one, indecisive, you know, vision processing, whatever the case. Just not seeing the hole as it happens. The defensive the defensive end comes in and attacks Dillard inside. Normally Dillard would have a kick out block there. If he has a kick out block there, Sanders is going off his butt, right? But the defensive end comes in and attacks Dillard to the inside. That's when you have to turn a kick block to a log block. You want to roll their shoulders like a log, just to give you a visual representation of what that means. He turns them, rolls them like a log. Now his butt's facing the other way. Guess what? You're still running off Dillard's butt. This is a simple, simple read. And the inefficient footwork, the inability to, to process the action happening in front of him, and then the, the finishing. I mean, the guy goes down on first contact every time. And there's mm-hmm. analytics to back that up all day long. So that, that's that's my problem with Sanders. The burst doesn't meet. The burst is nice. The burst is above average. People are talking like it's world beating. I, I don't know if they watch other running backs in the league, but it's it's a, it's it's good. It's a very good burst. The burst and the athletic ability means nothing if you don't know what to do with your brain, your feet, and, and all the other stuff because you're never going to get there. That's I mean he's a receiving back. We drafted a receiving back in the second round, and we got lucky with that because he was not a you know productive receiver in college. He just projected well that way. Yeah. I don't know if he's ever going to change when it comes to the running. And I know it's inexperienced and people want to want, you know, want to be hopeful for that. I'm not trying to bury him or anything like that. He is so far away from being a feature back, a bell cow back, a type of guy that you would draft in the second round in today's NFL. So far away right now. I think at this point, looking at how he's been used and how Jordan Howard runs, I mean, I know Jordan Howard – he needs to be. He needs to be signed to an extension. Like, it's no, there's no question about it. But he won't be used like a guy who's going to be signing. Who's signing an extension? But Miles Sanders is looking a lot more like Tariq Cohen than a feature back right now. He's, Good receiver, great pass blocker so far, which was a surprise. That's a plus because we thought he was going to be a terrible pass blocker. Yep, yeah. He's been awesome. He's been excellent. But yeah, it's a long way to go if he wants to be a guy that you can put on the field and not go. Oh, they're passing. You know what I mean? That then that starts to become a problem. Which I think we could tie back to to the coaching staff on how how badly developed majority of these young guys really are right now. Yep. And I, I was pretty much the Doug Peterson and, and company shooting themselves in the foot. Who develops guys other than the the tight end coach Justin Peel? Justin, did I call him Justin Peel? Is that right? <laughs> I think it is Justin Peel. I think you're okay. right. <laughs> for for a second, I thought Key and Peel, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's Justin Peel. I've been watching a lot of Toy Story 4 at the house, so I was thinking of <laughs> Key and Peele. You know, that's, that's what Brian does on the regular, and that's what I'm about to do in a few I've weeks. I've only seen it once. I'm not going to lie. I actually, we, my wife is not a Toy Story fan. My wife and I saw Toy Story 4 for the first time a couple weeks ago. Um, and it was all right. She cried. It was all right. It was, uh, she cries at everything, though. Now the pregnancy, emotions, <laughs> those hormones. Congratulations. That explains a lot when you're texting me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh, I'm a few, she's uh, this Friday will be she's she'll be 35 weeks this Friday so mm. it's, it's it's she's coming oh boy she's gonna be uh, she's gonna be born through another Eagles heartbreak and I'm gonna be screaming and my wife's gonna be screaming in labor and I'm gonna be like wait <laughs> they just Tom Brady just threw another touchdown and yeah. it's gonna and my wife's gonna be like fuck you what are you doing and again, it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a part of the, it's part of the job yeah. Who else can we crap on? 
Well, I mean, look, okay. You know, that, that <laughs> we, is, we could, I put it away from it. I put it back to Aguilar because I cannot. Think about kids. <laughs> I, cannot, I, I cannot stand the effort that I saw from Aguilar yesterday. And then to say that shit about mm-hmm. like the, the, the throw from Wentz, like, oh, um, I had a lot of field in front of me, and and I don't know, it seemed like Wentz, he was he was rushed a little bit. Well, so hold you on that real quick. Wentz being rushed, like, the offensive line, I know, like, a lot of people praise them in, you know, several of the games, but they have not looked like a real, like, cohesive unit at all. Like, they haven't looked like the offensive line that everybody praises. Well, Lane Johnson had his worst game that I can remember in a long time. Oh, yeah, he let DeMarcus Lawrence just, like, Ginobili him throughout the whole game. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and, and Dillard held up well other than a, than a, than a couple key ones, but, like, for, for a guy, rookie starting against Robert Quinn has been very, you know, solid for the Cowboys. He's a veteran pass rusher. I thought he did really well. I mean, Quinn was trying to hit that 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 cross chop pretty much all day, which is a tough move, you know, for for a rookie offensive tackle to handle. But yeah, I mean, it's just another case of another offensive player having the worst day of their uh, of their life at the office, and it seems like mm-hmm. that happens week after week. And they're 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 just they're pressing so much. And Carson's pressing, Dallas Goddard's pressing. You know, all, all these guys are either pressing or they're just not buying in. And that's 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 the big disconnect for me. That no one's going to get better until they start buying in and just let the game come to them. And another question with um, the focus of the offseason was to keep Wentz in the pocket. Does anybody feel like that's more more so hurting him than than helping him? Because Wentz is at his best when he's doing Wentz things. Yeah, I mean, he has done Wentz. He has done Wentz things. Yeah, but he, at times like he looks like he's limiting himself because he doesn't want to like. You know, they aren't moving the pocket for him. They are moving the launch, the, like the the launch points for him. And you watch like Jared Goff. When Jared Goff, Goff starts to get like pressure, starts starts to mount up on him. We saw this in the Seattle game. The Rams will go tempo and they'll start moving the launch point. They'll start rolling them out. Like right? they'll they'll have a different depth. What Jim Schwartz does, and I do this myself sometimes. I'll put it up on Twitter, but he'll he'll chart launch points and see. Okay, he was five yards back and ended up like right behind the guard, and I'll and I'll he'll check that. And then at the end of the day, you see on your graph paper, you see where they're typically throwing from. Goss is kind of all spread out. You know what I mean? I think Wentz is, is more concentrated in the same spot. Teams know where to rush him. I think that's yeah. a problem. And Wentz has been excellent at sack avoidance this year for the most part. Definitely better than last year. I looked at the numbers a couple of weeks ago, and it was, it was a lot better. It was more like his 2017 year, even better than that when it came to the numbers. But they aren't moving the pocket for him. And when the pass rush starts to get home, they have no answers other than maybe to chip. And then you're having a guy get out to his route late. They aren't moving his launch points. Teams know where to attack them. And the offense isn't doing him any favors that way. So, And the offense is so condensed. They're crowding the, the short areas. they got short drops. So with the short drops come short blocking techniques from the offensive tackles, offensive guard and center. They think, oh, I just got to hold this for two seconds. So they'll jump set and be real aggressive with their sets. But when it's all covered, and then Wentz has to hang on to the ball for a little bit more. Guys are getting home, and he and he's under pressure. I mean, we saw it last night. He was, I think, he was under pressure thirteen times as opposed to eighteen times. Not under pressure, if I'm not mistaken. It's too much. It's just too mm-hmm. much. Because yeah. he's and he's holding on to the ball because no receivers getting separation. Uh, it's it's you know. Isn't that it, a- it's such a fun Monday talking point, right? Yeah. Guy holds on to the ball. You're watching the broadcast copy. Makes no damn sense to me. I don't know how you saw that from the broadcast copy. Yeah. yeah every armchair quarterback on the. <laughs> like, why is he holding on to the ball too too much? I mean, if you see the whole field, everybody's fucking covered. 
Yeah. And you can't see the whole field. You're seeing 10 yards. You're just yeah. seeing the rush. <laughs> you're seeing the rush. You're seeing Wentz take a sack, and then you're there eating your chips and, and wings like, oh, should have kept Foles. Foles would have got the ball out. If I hear that one more time, bro. <laughs> but like, like I haven't had too many Foles truthers in my mentions, so you guys are having a very oh, different oh, Twitter oh, experience oh, than me. Maybe I muted all of them already. I don't know. Definitely, <laughs> you've definitely muted all of them because it's like <laughs> Twitter has that stupid – that stupid algorithm that you can see other people's likes that you don't even follow or anything. Like that. And, I still, and, I, and I see this person like this and it's like, I'm tired of once I, I want falls back. I'm like, Why is this on my timeline? If I don't follow you, you, know, you can get rid of that. Right. How, how do I do that? <laughs> so if you, see, <laughs> if you see that someone someone likes something or it'll show a tweet of somebody that you follow or that follows somebody else, whatnot, you can click on that, that little, that little dialogue part there where it, where it types that out and you can there's an option to see that less often oh i can't wait to do this all over my timeline after the yeah. show <laughs> and it'll give you like it'll say like you know this person you follow and five other people follow this person I'll give you five yeah. options to be like i don't want to see who this guy follows i don't want to see this person's tweet if i wanted to I'm see going, him i'd follow him i'm gonna That's see a lot of those i'm gonna see a lot less of those initials i've mentioned before yeah. i'm gonna see a lot less trump I'm gonna yep. see a lot less uh, rated R things on my timeline of people like Yo, like you got a wild timeline. Yeah, my, my timeline is is a carnival full it's of Pandora's mystics. box. It's like it, Look, it's it's something to behold. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the truth. I follow about 400 people on purpose. I, f- I follow you if I, if I, if I think I can learn something from you. I follow you guys, so I'm not trying to I'm not throwing shade on you guys. I don't have you muted. I haven't turned off your retweets. Probably about fifty percent of the followers that uh, follows that I have, I've turned off their retweets. I've probably muted about ten to fifteen percent of them. Oh, I can't wait to do that too. <laughs> you <laughs> gotta see, turn like, off all them retweets, man. It's this, crazy. It's just this just changed my Twitter game. This just changed my Twitter game. I would have never found out that you offered me in all those Jalen Ramsey trade on talks. See, uh, no, no, the mention I mentioned, like I, I'm no, not no, afraid no, to no, tag, you. <laughs> I'm afraid to tag you. Yeah, you can't do nothing about tagging. I'll, you can I, see. I'll add you. I don't care. I'll add you. Like, like Jalen Ramsey, I was like, okay, at the camera on PSN, I'm sending you to Jacksonville for Jalen Ramsey. But um, that, that's that's it. But okay, um, and so before this becomes a wildfire, I want to get your opinion on this because it's going to happen. This is, I mean, it already happened when he got released. A couple weeks ago, and then when he came off Twitter, came back on Twitter, went to school. He didn't go back to school. He needed a he needed an edit on his essay. He needed he needed not edit. What is your opinion on Antonio Brown <laughs> being the savior, savior of the wide receiving corps? I mean, from a talent perspective, how could you say no? From a from a just a general what the fuck are you doing with your life perspective? Uh, I have a problem bringing him into a locker room that already seems fractured. Cause I feel like that's just pouring gasoline all over the place in bringing the fire right into it. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. See the way I see it, he wouldn't be an anonymous source. He would just come out and just say like he's pissed off. Oh, he so would make a he would make a YouTube video about him swimming in his pool. Right. And next thing you know, you got Doug Peterson's phone call out in the world to everybody, and he's saying some crazy shit. Now we got a whole another scandal. I'd rather not know shit about Doug <laughs> on that level. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that much. We're gonna get we're, we're gonna get Peterson's search history out if we uh, find Antonio Brown. Yeah, Antonio Brown's gonna dox him. Yeah, yep. that'd be something. <laughs> We're going to have D'Angelo Russell on the team with Snapchats. 
god. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna pass on Antonio Brown. I'm gonna pass on that. So, who do you, uh, who can we really bring in that would be more than the, just a spark plug? Because I'm all I'm all for Robbie um Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. From, uh, yeah, but I don't trust the game plan for them to really like bring the best out of him after what, what we, what we saw with golden Tate last year and how golden Tate is looking with Pat Shermer. Like I'm suspect about bringing anybody in to, into Mike Groh's grasp. I, I think that the, that Tate was a guy that they had trouble implementing because they had so many different slot guys. I, I think the Eagles would have a plan for a guy like Robbie or, or a guy even like Emmanuel Sanders that, that you could put on the outside and scheme it to the offense pretty easily because they've, they've used guys like Torrey Smith. They had a plan for Mike Wallace. We don't know if it was going to be perfect, but they had a plan. They had a plan for Deshaun Jackson, and I really like the plan that they had for Deshaun because they used him. I think half of his snaps that I charted were on reduced alignments where you know, you've got plus split, and then inside of that is a reduced alignment, so he's lined up on the numbers or inside of the numbers and what, tighter to the formation or slot alignments. He had half of his routes week one from there. And a lot of his explosive plays in the past have come from there. Tampa Bay just didn't use him there. The Eagles were using him there, and it was going to be really dangerous if he was healthy. So I, I, I did like the plan that they had for Deshaun, so that gives me hope. I, I think they really do and would have a plan and no issue integrating a deep threat they're a very different type of receiver than Golden Tate is. And they eventually figured out Tate a little, mm-hmm. little too late, four or five weeks down the line. But I don't, I don't think they would have an issue bringing a guy like Anderson in, bringing a guy like Sanders in and uh, implementing him right away. I mean, at the very least, you know, if you got man coverage, Sanders can get open a little bit older. But the guy is one of the better technicians in the league. And Robbie Anderson just flat take the top off and at least loosen things up underneath and give him something to think about. We don't have anything like that. And Devontae Parker. Right, Parker too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these all, these guys have different qualities or different type of players. I think they could all help, and I, and I worry less about their integration. And I know that's a big buzzword and whatnot. And I don't trust Mike Rowe a lot, but I, I feel like the style that they're looking for is a style that they feel they want to use because they know how to use it. Is that a good an- good answer for you, Brian? That was a good answer until Devontae Parker. <laughs> 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 you know how I feel about Devontae Parker. Yeah, you, the only player you want from from Miami is Xavier Howard, and it's, he's not coming. He's he's it's not it's, it's not happening. Let's be bring the X home. <laughs> and I, I keep refreshing Twitter, waiting for this breaking news, but it's just going to be Anthony Russian. That's it. That's it. They're going to well, say the sleeper app just showed up saying breaking news, and I I, I paused for a second, but then I looked in and it said Kerry and Johnson is missing some time. So there's some fancy news for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm t- but like like. We need to look at now at these at these teams that are hobbled quarterbacks or terrible quarterbacks like Chicago. Let's send them Nate Sudfeld for Taylor Gabriel, or let's uh, look at Atlanta and send because Matt Ryan's very hobbled. Mohamed yeah. Sanu's on available for. Uh, how about how about Sudfeld for Julio Jones? I mean, <laughs> go, go for go, you know? <laughs> it's, go for go. You know, it's. I mean that's why I mean that's what hurt the the potential trade for Robbie is because the Jets got Sam Darnold back and now they Adam Gase foolishly thinks they're kind of like back in this thing because they have a pretty good defense and Darnold's I think I for my money is a pretty solid quarterback so they can they can start putting some games together so that kind of hurts things but 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, you have to start looking at teams that are that are kind of taking Broncos are one of them. That's why I think Sanders is out there. I think that's what Adam, Adam Schefter said. Sudfo for Harris. That's it. I would love, I would love Chris, Harris Chris Harris Jr. Yeah. For Von yeah. Miller. That was like the only uh, trade rumor that I just didn't pay attention to. Like, as soon as I saw Von Miller could be had for the right price, the right price would probably be like the next 10 first-round picks. Yeah, are you kidding me? Like, he's this guy's an all generational talent. You don't trade that guy, no matter how bad the team is. Like, if you, you trade a first and a fourth and Madden for Von Miller, it goes through easily. Just want to put that out there. Like, it just goes right through. It's all green. <laughs> I mean, that, that's why I think a lot of these fans think these trades work. Yeah, <laughs> because of Madden. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, we are all GMs in our own mind. Yeah. As I'm often told. <laughs> so, so Mike, I just this this um, same question last um last week. Now, after obviously we, you know back to back games we we've lost back to back games we got blown out and back to back games the offense looks like they're a JV team. What's your expectations for the rest of the season for this particular Eagles squad? As far as like overall record, like what do I think they're going to do? Like yeah. maybe divisioning, division wise and whatnot. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry, didn't mean a cough button. Um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like, like the overall feel I have for the season is the feel I had for the Dallas game. Coming into the Dallas game, I said I have no idea what could happen. I know exactly why this could suck. I know exactly why this could go well, and it sucked for the reasons that, you know. I, I've, I've feared coming into it. Like I guess I have a lot of faith in Doug Peterson to get this, to get this ship right. You have a good quarterback and you still have a talented roster. I don't know how much it matters if you don't start to make changes on defense, just from a ph- philosophical schematic standpoint, if it's anything different. I mean, if we get the same stuff week in, week out, we're going to be in boat races. I don't think I can trust this offense to put up 35, 40 points again. That's not fair. That's not, it's, it's an unrealistic expectation for an offense that already has proven that they are really good at falling behind early, then getting in a groove in the middle of the game. And then the defense falls apart again. You know, it's, it's fall behind because the defense fell apart. Offense gets it going, gets back in the game. Defense falls apart again. And it's just, it's just not manageable. They're playing like less than a 500 team right now. They're not a less than 500 team. Mm-hmm. But until they get their act together, I mean, I have a hard time saying that they're going to have 10 wins. I think it's very possible that they come out and surprise us and end up with 10 wins. I mean, I think the highest my confidence could possibly go right now is our nine and seven team. Until Which I see might more. be enough. <laughs> and that's yeah. And that, I mean, that's and true. that might be. Uh, yeah, might be. it's true. Dallas can lose a team like the Jets. Dallas can can put together three, three straight losses. Absolutely. You don't know what's going to happen. You got to win that second one against Dallas. One hundred percent, you have to win that one. But yeah, season's not over. It's a lot of wait and see. I know. I know it's a cowardly thing. I'm just. I'm just. I have no idea of where this team is going to be in one week, let alone six weeks, let alone you know eight weeks, nine weeks. If the if the if the Cowboys can lose to the Jets, they can lose to the Giants. And that's who. And that's who they have after the bye. Yep. You know, that's going to be Danny Dimes special. Starts right there. Saquon's back. Saquon Barkley and his yep. magically healed high ankle sprain that he's a freak of nature. 
Yeah. And uh, Evan Ingram is going to have to uh, catch uh, more than one ball for the Giants' sake and my fantasy team's sake. And, you know, it's 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 going to start right there, and they're going to drop their first division game of the year, and, this, and the Cowboys go spiraling down. And the Eagles with a newly rejuvenated Chris Harris Jr. and Emmanuel Sanders on their roster will be <laughs> on the table. So wait I on think that trade. It's very possible, too. I'm, I'm, not I'm just lie. trying to speak it into existence. It's very possible to get those two. Yep. It, it, absolutely. They're both, they're both in the contract year. They're both not coming back. Uh, it's, I mean, they're not, stink. Yeah. And they, they stink. They stink. And if they offered a, a, a contract to both, they're both going to say, uh, Joe Flacco is the quarterback. <laughs> we're, we're leaving. Yeah. And they're not going to franchise them because the franchise tag is enormous growth. So just turn the ball over to Drew Locke. Send both of the Sanders and Harris over to the Eagles. Let them shine where they should be. And if they sign an extension, they sign an extension. I mean, I think Harris would. Maybe Sanders wouldn't just to see what, you know, do a Golden Tate thing and, and say he wants to go win somewhere and then sign with a team like the Giants. Mm-hmm. And for the Redskins. <laughs> and, and it is what it is. You get a comp pick for them. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the right thing to do. But who knows if John Elway will ever do the right thing for a team. Yeah. Trades trades won't fix this team. Ultimately, they got to fix themselves. But it helps mm-hmm. bringing in players in. Yeah, yeah definitely bring a Joseph um, energy to the, either the uh, offense or the defense. Yeah, gives the message that you're doing something too, and that you believe in this team. So, I asked this question last week as well, and I'm not letting Chris answer this time because Chris completely obliterated my um my rules of the question. So, Mike, playing Howie, what move would you make? Have the tra- trade deadline. If you can make only one move to to help this team right now, ooh, only one. I gave him like four. You so. gave me like seven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, gotta be one. How old's Chris Harris Jr.? Thirty-one. Oh, thirty-one. Thirty or thirty-one? I think it turns thirty-one like maybe next week or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, Chris Harris. And I can't even say that Schwartz is fired, but. I'm going to go with the younger guy. I'm going to go with the younger guy. I'm going to go offense. And I'm going to go with uh, Robbie Anderson. And I, I would go as high as I was going to high, as high as the second. Because, I mean, yeah. If, yeah I, and here's the thing. I'm getting that contract done before yeah. he comes here. Yeah. I'm not pulling some dumb, dumb move, letting some guy come here and have all the leverage. Because then you're talking about, you know, you're moving from a second round pick to a late third round pick, late compensatory third round pick down the line or whatever. That That doesn't work for me. I want to get younger and I want to get faster. Robbie Anderson checks both boxes, and I want to sign him before the before the deal's done. Basically, you know, handshake deal, whatever it is. But he's he's going to have a contract when he comes here. So that's who I would get. Get younger, get faster, be able to win some of these boat races. I would love Chris Harris, but then you're also getting older too. Mm-hmm. That's going to cost some money. I love Chris Harris Jr. If they trade for him, I'm not going to be upset. But again, I'll go I'll go younger and faster. I'll stretch some fields and have some answers for the future as far as who's who the deep threat's going to be. That isn't over thirty years old. Imagine Robbie, Robbie Anderson and Deshaun Jackson lining up. A healthy Deshaun. Yeah. And then, then the snitch will be will be happy, and they'll get the un- underneath stuff. <laughs> Let him be happy, and then he can be happy on another team next year. Yeah, Sean. I mean, I know. I mean, we don't, I mean, we don't know. But uh, anyways, with that, with that being said. <laughs> 
Well, we can never have Alshon on the show now. <laughs> That's all right. He'll, he'll, do his, he'll do his interviews with Justine Anderson. <laughs> Damn. I mean, if it is Alshon, how crazy it is, is it? And how dumb do the Eagles look for number one restructuring the contract to where they can't get out of it? And and wasn't Alshon the guy that dropped the, the pass in the playoff game last year? That's why it doesn't make sense to me. Like, Alshon's on a, like a redemption tour more than anything. Like, And he's been the most targeted receiver by, by Wentz. They're feeding him. They're feeding him the shield screens, the the, the, the slants. They're, they're doing everything they can to make sure the guy's happy. I feel so like everything points, <laughs> I feel like everything points towards him because like like you and Ben said on the on your podcast, like it's it just sounds like stop throwing it to Aguilar. <laughs> yeah. like it's, it's so like uh, and, just, and, and, and I and I will Albert I, from um from Houston's practice squad, another defensive tackle. Practice squad moves <laughs> This is why we do these. Breaking news. Practice squad moves. <laughs> I knew I I knew news was gonna break during podcast. Yeah. See, always always be recording. See what happens. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's oh my god, but like but as I was saying, if the snitch is, is calling for less targets to Aguilar after yesterday's debacle and his his Aguilator arms, I I, I will completely go back on that because like I tweeted yesterday, I am a and I, and I know this there's no weight. But I am a high school coach. I'm a high school varsity coach. And if I have had athletes that have had elite talent, talent that could get them full rides to colleges, but they gave me no effort. Mm. They thought they were hot shit. They thought they could come to practice whenever they wanted. I had a, I had a freshman last year, and I coach, I coach uh, varsity track and field. So I had a, I had a freshman discus thrower last year who was – Great, probably the top freshman in our entire county, and he came to practice whenever he felt like it. And I just I cut him. I I, I I can't I can't base my practices. I can't base my meets around someone uh, based around a what if. And if Aguilar is going to go out there and say maybe I'll catch this, maybe I'll give some effort today, maybe I'll throw Wentz under the bus. We have no place for him on that team. Like, get me a receiver. Get me JJ. JJ wants the snaps. JJ wants to play. Give him out Aguilar snaps. Yeah. Hey, Aguilar is making nine point four million dollars on a on a contract year as well, and mm-hmm. is and is giving the Eagles nada. Doesn't make any yeah. sense. Just doesn't make any sense. Smart guys would ball out on their contract year to try and get a team exactly. to overpay for them. Right. Yeah, that, that, that's the cautionary tale. The, the, the guy that balls out on his contract year, <laughs> right? That doesn't happen on the Eagles. <laughs> we're, we're immune to that. That does not happen. It happens, here, guys. Every, it happens every. You know what? You know where it happens? It happens on every other team, and then they get their contract from the Eagles, and, the and Eagles then they, pick them up. Yep. And then the Eagles pick them up. Byron Maxwell, Namdi <laughs> Ronnie Brown. Oh, we could be God. we could be Washington, you know, picking up Albert Hainsworth and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's not it's it's never that bad. I think, I think is the message. It's never Washington bad. That's true. Nothing's ever Washington bad. <laughs> to hire Jay Gruden. Fire Mike Rowe. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely fine with that. Completely I'm, fine with, with hiring Gruden or completely fine with firing Grow? <laughs> firing Gruden to, to replace Grow. I right, just got to dissect a little bit. Gruden, Gruden's offensive arsenal was great. You saw what yeah. he did. With, saw what he did. With every quarterback on the market, got <laughs> yeah. Kirk Cousins paid. Yeah, got Kirk yeah. Cousins, the first ever fully guaranteed contract. 
He he made Cole, he made Alex Smith look like an MVP QB last year. Yeah. He made Cole McCoy relevant. He made Mark Sanchez kind of right, relevant for a game or two. You know, he did what he could with uh, what Josh Johnson. Uh, Josh Johnson. He had. Well, who did he have this year? Uh, Trevor Sim- no, not Trevor, not Trevor Simeon. Uh, the other Denver quarterback that sucks. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Thirty-eight to seven. You know, he 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 did what he could with all of these different quarterbacks of different ages and sizes and shapes, and he made them relevant. So if he comes here, he could probably do the same thing. It's it's it's, it's a testament to Washington's ownership and general manager, especially when, especially when Kyle Shanahan said it was great working with my dad. It was terrible everything else. Yep. It's, it Shanahan, there. Shanahan's looking like a boss on top of the NFL right now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd be all over Jay Gruden. Give us some different ideas, you know. Stop that brain drain. Even if it's just for a year, that could go a long way, bringing those ideas in the building, really breaking them down and seeing how they work with this team. They just need some creative help. Like, right. this doesn't yeah. look like a, like, there's no pop in this offense whatsoever. Yep. Like, there's no type of, like, I can't wait to see this player ball out today. No, it's like, like oh, my God, who's not going to catch the ball today? Yeah. And whenever they get cute, it sucks. Mm-hmm. They're they're bad at scheming up new stuff, man. It's just it's it seems like they're stale, and they've gotten pretty good production for most of the year. But man, uh, can I call out um, Liam Jenkins right now? Oh my god, you're gonna get fired Please. today. <laughs> Liam Liam just retweeted the Eagles' announcement of um, agreeing to sign Albert Huggins from Houston's practice squad, and Liam says. Eagles made a smart move here, realizing fans are going to need some hugging. Hugging. Oh <laughs> Liam. <laughs> I love I love Liam. <sighs> Not for this, but I love Liam. <laughs> <laughs> on that and on that note, yeah. You know, actually, you know, I did want to. I, it's gonna this podcast gonna be pretty long for everybody, but whatever, you know. And and I know you got to get to Lion King, but um, I just want to. I, I wrote an article a couple of days ago that got zero traction. I'm very surprised that it didn't. You know, not because of my phenomenal writing, but because of the subject. Um, since 2010, Howie's been general manager nine, for nine drafts. And I know Joe Douglas and all this stuff, but he's been the general manager. Is Except, this the drafted 15 DBs article? Yes. yes. Yeah. So 2015, I excluded that. 2015, because that was Chip's GM year, and that was Howie's back corner office year. Yeah. So he's only drafted a cornerback in a in an early round, first or second round, three times. Yeah, and all three times have been second round. Mm. Nate Allen, uh, Jarquan, Jar, Jarquan, whatever is Jarrett, Jarrett, yeah. yep, Jarquan mm-hmm. Jarrett, and Sidney Jones. And every other every other defense in the top ten from 2010 until this year, every every at least one top ten defense has had a rookie on their secondary. That was drafted in the first or second round. Right. Does Howie need to call up a draft specialist, or is it? Can we blame Joe Douglas for all this crap? I mean, I think I think it kind of depends too, because you, you trade for Darby. What was that a third? If I'm not mistaken, something like yeah, that. He he's, 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 yeah, he traded a yeah. third. Very very young player, so I kind of count that in there too. Even though he was, he already had two years in the league. But yeah, I think um, valuing the cornerback position similarly to how they value edge guys 
would go a long way in, in helping this defense. And a lot of people are saying, like, he can't draft DBs. He just hasn't really tried with high draft capital picks. I mean, Avante Maddox is good. Sidney yeah. Jones was a swing at the plate that a lot of people were going to be willing to take. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't think it's that. But you get into the fourth, fifth round, sixth round, you know, you get into those guys. How many of those guys really hit? They should be happy with what they got out of Jalen Mills, even though I don't think he's a very good player for, for where they picked him, you know? For every Richard Sherman and Chris Harris undrafted, it's you a find plus. <laughs> there's a million Curtis Marshes. Yeah. There's a million Dexter McDougals. I know he wasn't ours, but he was Jets, I believe. Oh, but they were loving him when he was ours. <laughs> when he was ours, everybody was on the Dexter train. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a layered question. How much of it is Joe Douglas? Because I don't, I don't think I don't think you can say how he sucks at drafting DBs. I don't think the sample size is big enough, and I don't think mm-hmm. they've taken enough big time swings on him. You could say that they need to prioritize it more, and then you know see what you can develop. If you can't develop fourth and fifth rounders and sixth rounders and whatnot, if you have no faith in your coaching staff to do that, you might have to draft guys that are a little more ready out the box, and that's going to cost a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But that sucks when you have to draft an eventual replacement at left tackle. And this is, this, this is a bad cornerback draft, by the way. Oh, yeah. DeAndre really bad. does not look good. Yeah. So he, I, I really like them coming out of Georgia, but yeah. watching him on Giants, yeah, I'm, I'm happy we didn't spend a pick on that. This upcoming draft might tell us a lot because this is supposed to be the cornerback draft. And if the Eagles don't pick a cornerback high, if they haven't already traded for one, you know, the city's going to riot. So th- this this will be, I think, the bigger test coming up. Oh, we're not going to have a first-round pick because they're going to trade it to the Jets for Tremaine Johnson. <laughs> well, then you won't need a corner, right? I mean, maybe. Uh, Technically, uh, we won't. <laughs> I, mean, I, guess, I guess he is a body. Yeah. And then he'll, his, him and his dreads will just look good being blown in the wind, chasing yeah. someone again. And it's just that's just the Eagles' way. Right. Dreads being blown back in the wind. Chasing after a receiver that's blown by them. Oh. All right. So we're, 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 yeah, we were supposed to preview the the Bills, but honestly, I think this was more necessary than um than the Bills. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of things going on with the Eagles that aren't necessarily Exeter related and, and matchup related. I'll, I'll put oh, yeah. it to you this way: the Eagles suck against play action. Josh Allen can't hit a deep ball to save his fucking life, so it's bad versus bad. <laughs> We'll see who sucks less. There's there's your game preview right there in a nutshell. We're, we're, we're going to see John Brown blow past a DB. Right. And Unless it's Chris Howard, Chris Howard Jr. Josh Allen's going to put it through the fucking scoreboard. Josh Allen's going <laughs> to throw, overthrow and it's going to go to Lake Erie. Yep. And then Jalen Mills is going to wag his finger like, nope, that was me. <laughs> he <laughs> did that last night. <laughs> I did that. And that's yep. how it's going to go. And then it's gonna, they're going to be finger wagging. They're going to be waving their arms back and forth like, nope. Yeah. Nope, then the ball's going to be out of the stadium. Like They had something to do with that. Covered. Boom. We did it. Yep. I feel, like this week, I feel like this week leading up to the Bills, even though it's obviously not even close to being a rivalry game, and the Bills really haven't played. I mean, they played the Patriots tough, but, you know, it's going to be like last week. It was Dallas hate week last week, yeah. and it didn't feel like it until Friday and Saturday. And because people were just – the Zach Brown thing, the anonymous source thing, you know, all that crap that was leading up, and that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen this week. All mm-hmm. this crap now with with Brandon Graham, Malcolm Jenkins talking back 
to Lane Johnson, and Nelson is Nelson going to get cut? How's his relationship with Wentz? That's going to dominate the storylines now. And then all of a sudden, we're going to be like, oh wait, we have a game on Sunday. Let's preview the game, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank God it's only Monday, so it's going to be a long, long, long week if yeah. they don't make something happen. Um, so Eagles fans, thank you so much for tuning in to us. I know this is our probably like our second midweek that we've ever done. Um, huge thanks to Mike for joining us from Bleeding Green Nation. Mike, where can everybody follow you at if they don't follow you already? <laughs> at Michael Kist NFL K I S T, and then uh, put Bleeding Green Nation into any podcast app you use. We'll we'll show right up for you. All right, that sounds great. I'm Brian Cameron. You can find me at B Cameron PSN. He's Chris Infante. You can find him at Infante54. You can also find the podcast at Flipping Birds Pod. Any last thoughts, Chris? Because you look kind of like you're, you're you're pensive right now. I have a lot of thoughts, but I keep them to myself. <laughs> if I let my thoughts blow up, it's we so another episode. We, we'd have a three-hour episode. <laughs> oh, but, but but again, thank you, Mike. You know, yep. you've been one of the most down-to-earth people we've ever talked to. You know, we we were very honored to have a cool guy like you to hang out with some losers <laughs> like like us, and and and, and get Brian to, to say J Jaw. Now it's gonna it's that's what he's gonna say for it's the rest. Gonna, of it's, it's, it's gonna stick to me just just because I know it irritates you right now. It's no, gonna it doesn't. Stick it doesn't. It looks like it irritates you. It does not irritate me. It doesn't irritate me at all. You look all. irritated right now. It's because I always look irritated. I'm a teacher. <laughs> he does have that look about him. Like, uh, like I just, I've seen I that just, look a lot when I was younger. I, I always look like, like my students always look at me like, what's wrong, Mr. Infante? I'm like, nothing. Like, oh, it looks like something's wrong. That's, a, that's just how I look all the time. That's it. Yeah, it's just, it's just all of you. That's, that's, that's a teacher uh, thing. No offense. Whatever. <laughs> I got a master that I know to be a teacher. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, Mike, for, for, for joining us again. Thank you so much. Of course. We really appreciate it. We, and thank you, everyone, for listening. to. Uh, we are 15 episodes down. Sounds like a milestone, but it really isn't. But uh, we'll catch you all next week after an Eagles win. Maybe. Go Birds! <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs>
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.